Hello and welcome to the Birth Stories podcast. I'm your host, Chase. This is a place where women share their unique pregnancy journeys, birth stories and postpartum experiences. We hope to help educate future mothers and allow them to have a safe and positive experience. So since birthing my daughter and becoming a mum, I believe sharing our experiences helps us process them, as well as educates parents-to-be on what may lie ahead. So due to the topics that we're discussing, please do be mindful around little ears. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome back to the Birth Stories podcast. This week I got to speak to Leah from the Sleep Snug. Leah is a sleep consultant and also has multiple sleep guides. The guides are all filled with evidence-based and fully referenced information, which allows you to feel confident that you're being given the most up-to-date and relevant advice for your baby. Her consultations are all online, um, so I will make sure I leave all of her details in the description box. So Leah has one daughter, Phoebe, and she had a beautiful experience with her birth with her. She did hypnobirthing with her partner and found it really, really beneficial. Um, You'll hear throughout the interview how she used the hypnobirthing techniques to help her get her through labour. I hope you enjoy this one. Hi, Leah. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much. Um, Yeah, so do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm Leah. I'm 31. Um, I'm married to my husband, Chris. We've been together for 15 years. Um, We've been married for four years and we've got a two and a half year old called Phoebe. Um, I'm a sleep consultant and I've been doing that for about five or six months. Um, And he is a civil servant. So we are currently living in Bangkok for his job. So we've been here for about 18 months. So cool. Yeah, Leah was just telling me about how they're living in Bangkok and they did live in Beijing before and I was just like, that is very cool. But you're coming home, (laughs) um, did you say, in about six months? Uh, Yeah, end of this year, around about October, November time, hopefully, yeah. Cool. And how also did you get into sleep consultancy? Was that something you were interested in before you had a baby or something that you kind of found out when you had a child yourself? (laughs) So, yeah, it was, it was since I had Phoebe. Um, so I found that with the sleep deprivation with a baby, as you'll know, is really hard. And it really affected my mental health. Like, I really struggled when I don't sleep well. Like, I don't look after myself. I like, have a much shorter temper. I don't eat properly. And I just, I don't function well as a parent. And when I worked on Phoebe's sleep and helped her sleep better, and once she was sleeping really well, I felt a hundred times better. And so like, being able to do that for other families is, is a really rewarding job. And that's, and I, I did use a sleep consultant myself and that's how I found like how great what they offer is. Um, and I wanted to do that for other people. And it's just, it's really great as well because I've found something I'm interested in and I can help parents to get their kids to sleep and I don't use cry it out or anything like that. So it's like you can have kids that sleep well without compromising on how you feel you want to parent. So that's kind of my main focus. Yeah, and I've been doing it since August, and I'm re- I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's really great. Oh, so amazing. And so how did you get into that? Was there, like, some courses you had to do? Um, yeah, how, how did you sort of get branched out to that? Uh, so the, the sleep consultant that I used, um, she started her own course. Um, so we'd, like, kind of become friends after 
she helped our family um and then she she knew I was kind of becoming quite obsessed with sleep and <laughs> and like all the benefits it can bring so she reached out to me and said you know you should think about it and I did I thought about it for a very long time um and then um she got the course like certified so it's it is a genuine like qualification um and so I decided to do it and I loved it um so I, I did it last year like beginning of last year and then qualified in July time and started in August so yeah it was really good amazing and I suppose you can do it all remotely. You don't need to sort of visit anyone, so you can see sort of clients as and where they as and when they want to see you. Yes, and um, that is also one of the main reasons why I did it as well is the flexibility. Because one of the reasons we came out to Bangkok is so that I could spend more time with Phoebe and not have to go back to work full time. So it means that I can do it three days a week. I can manage my own time. Um, I can take on more or fewer clients depending on how much time I have. So you know, if we are traveling or if we go back to the UK for a while I can kind of close my calendar for a bit or I can work more leading up to it to make sure that you know the money keeps ticking over but yeah I can do it all virtually the, the time difference does make it quite tricky but once I move back to the UK that'll be much easier yeah amazing well I will definitely leave all your details and everything <laughs> um in the show notes we definitely could have used you a while ago because <laughs> Bonnie did not love sleeping which is fine um, but I'm exactly the same I got so anxious when I was tired and mm-hmm. I I always knew I needed a lot of sleep but yeah it wasn't until I had a child that I was like wow I really really struggle when I don't have enough sleep yeah the anxiety so, is one of the big things to me like I have anxiety anyway but then if I don't sleep it's just a million times worse and then I end up having too many coffees to try and stay awake and then I get even more <laughs> more of a mess yeah so, yeah yeah, um, yeah it's like an me endless too. cycle isn't it so yeah having sleep is so important to me as a parent <laughs> yeah absolutely Amazing. So um, let's get into your daughter. Were you planning, were you trying to have a baby when you did or was it a surprise? Yes, it was definitely planned. Um, so we, like I said before, like we were living in Beijing and it was tw- summer 2020, so middle of COVID. And we were new, we were moving back to Cheltenham in August. And I'd been on the pill forever. So I didn't know how long it was going to take to get pregnant, if it was going to take ages or not. Um, so I came off the pill in like June, July time, and then we moved back in August and I was pregnant in September <laughs> and my husband oh, wow. was like, are you kidding me? Like you told me this is going to take like a year. I said, well, I didn't know. <laughs> I'm not but, ready yeah, yet. It didn't take any time. <laughs> yeah. And none of us, neither of us are ready for it. We're like, oh God, that happened much sooner than we expected. So yes, it was a hundred percent planned. Like we knew that if we were going to be in Cheltenham for a couple of years, it's a nice place for maternity to leave. It's a nice place to have a baby. So um, yeah, we decided just to go for it. So yeah, definitely planned. So good. So I don't know, did you have regular periods? Like, did you know that you were late or did you sort of have some symptoms? What, what, what prompted you to take a test? Um, so because I'd been on the pill forever, like I had very regular periods because of that. Um, and I'd read that, you know, when you come off, it can take a few months for your cycles go back to normal, but mine was just normal. Um, and I thought, well, maybe, you know, maybe it's just because of the pattern that I've been from being on it or whatever. Um, and then I had like really bad backache, like when my period was due. Um, so I thought I never get that. That's such a strange symptom. So I just thought I'll just take one. Like I've got a few in the cupboard, so I'll just take one. And the light, the line was so faint. Like you could, you could barely see it. I was like hanging out the window trying to get some natural light. I was like, I can't do this my <laughs> husband. He's going to think I'm insane. Um, so then, but then I, the next morning I took one like first thing in the morning and it came up straight away. So it was like the day my period was due, basically. 
Um, so I like went running in to show him and he was just in complete shock. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just the backache. There was no other kind of symptoms or anything. And how did that progress after a few weeks? How was your first trimester? Did you get any more symptoms throughout of it? Um, I was really tired, uh, like really, really tired. Um, I wasn't sick or anything. I did feel nauseous every morning um, and I didn't really have an appetite. So I was just eating kind of beige foods, uh, you know, like the toaster pancakes you can get and like waffles and stuff. I was just (laughs) living on that. Um, And I started a new job, actually. It's still, I was still in the civil service, but I I joined a new team and I didn't know anyone. And they must have thought oh, no. I was such a weirdo because I'd literally just found out I was pregnant. I All I could eat was beige food. So there was like a Greg's next to the office. <laughs> and it was like every <laughs> morning I'd just like turn up with a sausage roll or something. And they'd just think, God, she's such a weirdo. <laughs> Honestly, I'd have a sausage roll and I would be just ready to go. I'd be ready to start the day. It'd be fine. So oh, that's my God. My and were you having to go into the office? Um, well, because it, it was COVID, they didn't really want many people in the office. Um, so I was only going in maybe once or twice a week which was great oh, because good. I was so tired so I could the rest of the time I could just lie on the sofa <laughs> yeah um, you like to fawn and have a sleep yeah lunch. just you know like wiggling the Skype things it looked like I was doing something um <laughs> and then and then I told them I was pregnant uh when I was around about four months because they'd announced there was going to be another COVID lockdown so I thought I need to tell them because I'm like high risk now because it was pre-vaccine of course um, yeah so I told I told them and they said like we don't want you to come in like just stay at home um so I, I didn't I didn't really go I went in occasionally just to kind of show my face but um I didn't really go in work very much after that and then at seven months pregnant they just said just go on like gardening leave Same like way. we don't want you doing anything because pregnant um... women couldn't be vaccinated yet like the vaccine has started to come out but they said unless you're vaccinated we don't really want you in the office because we're worried about you getting covid um oh, so my amazing. last like few weeks was just hanging out at home which was quite nice yeah yeah. How did you feel then? Obviously, I can't even imagine being pregnant through COVID. Were you anxious about catching it, being pregnant or anything and not being able to get the vaccine? Did you have any anxiety around that? Yeah, a little bit because they they still didn't really know like what kind of effect it would have on pregnant women. Um, and like there were some people, some women who like towards the end of their pregnancy, like they said, if you're in the third trimester, you're at the most risk. So like the last few weeks, they kind of wanted you to just hibernate and not go out. And so that did mm. give me quite a bit of anxiety about that. Um, but then I think it was about two or three weeks before I had Phoebe, they did let me have the vaccine. So I did have, like, there were some, some positives in that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was quite worrying. And because my family didn't live nearby either. So it was, although it was nice not to be working, I was by myself for most of that time <laughs> for about eight weeks. Like, Isolating. Was in the mm. office. So, yeah. yeah. Do you know what? I went on paternity leave at, 38 weeks and I thought this is going to be amazing I can just chill out at home but I think that was probably one of the hardest parts of my pregnancy just the waiting and not having really anything to do and just sat by yourself with your own thoughts like I think yeah it can be tough for sure yeah I did watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy um I went on a lot of long walks because we were in Cheltenham so I was right on the edge of Cheltenham in the countryside so I spent a lot of those few weeks walking like hoping that that would bring something on in those last couple of weeks yeah Um, yeah. so that was good in that I wasn't stressed really because I wasn't working so I wasn't thinking about any of that um yeah it was quite a lonely few weeks though definitely yeah bless you and did you know much about babies about birth um not really like 
I think when we decided we were going to have a baby, we were like, you know, we've got time to think about this kind of thing. And then it happened quite quickly. Um, <laughs> but we did do... We did um, <laughs> yeah, so then we're like, okay, we're doing it now. So we don't really have any choice. Um, we did do the Positive Birth Company hypnobirthing course, which was online. Mm-hmm. Which I've was heard really good things about that. amazing. Yeah, amazing. Um, so, and what was really good is we did it together, Chris and I. So he was well-versed in all the hypnobirthing stuff. Um and so that gave me like a really positive mindset going into it. Um, mm-hmm. And I loved as well the um, Facebook group they've got. So people write all of their birth stories on the Facebook group. Um, and it's all about how positive uh. the experience was. So even if you didn't get your first kind of preference for birth, like how you wanted it to go, it's like how mm-hmm. the hypnobirthing helped you to have a positive mindset, you know, keep your keep autonomy in the, during the whole process, make decisions for yourself, all that kind of thing. Um, so I, I felt quite positive that even if I didn't get the birth I wanted, I still knew enough about birth that I would be able to make decisions for myself and still have mm-hmm. some control over the environment and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, being informed and educated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was amazing. Really good. Oh, that's so good. I didn't realise they had a... I did my hypnobirthing with the naked doula, but it was out of the mm. two of them. I can't even remember why I chose the naked doula in the end. Um, yeah, I remember I didn't seeing that one Facebook well. group. That's so good. Yeah, um, and I think the whole idea of it read is... Read and ask questions. Exactly, yeah. Everyone comments with questions, and that was what I found really positive, is that these women, even if, you know, they've gone in wanting a water birth and come out with something completely different, they still felt really positive about the whole situation because they said, you know, mm-hmm. I ended up on a labour ward, but I got to choose, like, my birthing position. I still got to choose what pain relief I had. I still got to have, like, the um, my husband still got to cut the cord. You know, all of those choices that you get to make she still got to have all of those so at the end of it, it still felt great about how it went um because I just think when you go into birth you have to be positive that's part of it I think 100%, it really helps it's not gonna work <laughs> exactly yeah definitely yeah. I, I remember saying to my partner as soon as I hopefully go into labor spontaneously I was like we need to get friends on we need photos of my family and loved ones around me. Like, this is what we need to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm exactly the same, yeah. So did you know where you wanted to birth? Did you have um, a couple of different options in your area? Yeah, so there was two options. Um, there was Cheltenham Hospital and they had a birth centre, but they don't have a labour ward. So if you wanted, like, a water birth or if you wanted um, a, a midwife-led birth, you could do that at the birth centre. Um, if you wanted an epidural or any other kind of pain relief, or if you needed assistance, like a C-section, for example, then you would have to go to Gloucester. And that's like half an hour away. Oh, okay. Um, so that was always in the back of my mind during birth as well. Like if this starts to go a bit pear-shaped, I'm going to be in an ambulance after Gloucester. So I have to remain calm and try and get through this. Because um, I really didn't want to do that. I thought that would just be so uncomfortable to be sitting in an ambulance. That's really surprising because Cheltenham's quite a big place. Mm. You would think that they would um, have that option. Yeah, I, you, you would think, yeah, but they, the hospital's actually quite small. Um, so, yeah, they've got, but the birth centre is amazing. I think they've got five or six rooms, um, two pools. So I went and had a tour around there to, and met the midwives mm-hmm. and everything. And I was really lucky. I had the same midwife all the way through. She wasn't at the birth, but I had her for every appointment and I had her afterwards. Brilliant. With appointments too. So just in COVID, quite a lot of my um, friends that had babies didn't have that. So I felt very lucky that she was like a constant. Um, mm. Yeah. And the birth centre was lovely. So that was my aim was to go there. Yeah. 
I think I've spoken to a few, quite a few women now on their birth stories, and it's not that common to have the same midwife mm. throughout. I did as well, and I, I just thought that was normal. Yeah. Um, and yeah. but it was amazing. Like she knows me so well, and I felt so comfortable with her. And I remember when I went in with Bonnie after I'd had her. She was like, well, this is it then. And I was yeah. like, well, what do you mean? Yeah, I was emotional. like, but I, I want to see you still. <laughs> yeah, so you I really build exactly a relationship. It's so nice. Yeah. I, I just think now they're just so understaffed that they just can't promise it everywhere, can they? So mm-hmm. um, no. if you do manage to, then you are one of the lucky ones, I think. For sure. So how are you feeling coming sort of towards the end of your pregnancy? I was feeling quite good actually. I was starting to get a bit impatient. I think because I've been off work for so long, um, I'd done like quite a lot of nesting. Like the house was like pristine. Um, yeah. and I was so ready <laughs> like to just have this baby. I was like, I can't clean anything else. Um, I was so ready. Uh, I spent uh, quite a lot of time out walking, like I said, trying to get things moving. Um, mm-hmm. I was like having a bath every night um, to try and relax. It was really funny, actually. One of my friends recommended um, a lush bath bomb. I don't know if you've heard of this. It's got clary sage in it, which can help oh. bring on labour. And she was like, yeah. I don't think it's a fluke, but I think you should try it. I tried it. And the next day I went into labour. I was like, I'm going to go and get one of those. <laughs> so, I'm stocking up. Yes, I was like, I'm totally going in. So I went into Lush. I was like nine months pregnant. And they all straight away were like, we know what you're here for. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'll take two, please. <laughs> um, and so I was, yeah, I was doing that. And, and, and I, did, I did use it. And I did go into labour the next day. But it may have just been a fluke. Because no I was like 40 plus four. So it could have just been, you know. Oh my gosh, anyway. that is so yeah. funny. Do you know what? I thought I'd heard them all, but that one is new to me. Yeah. I um, no. haven't heard that. I've heard of using clary sage like um, candles or yeah. essences on your wrists and stuff like that. Um, but I haven't heard of that, but I will keep yeah. that in mind. <laughs> yeah, make a note of that one. Yeah, definitely. Because um, it's, yeah, she said it worked for her, and I thought, well, it's, I mean, if nothing else, it's just worth a try. And if I don't, it doesn't oh, work, I get to have a nice bath. So yeah, absolutely. So what was your first sign of going into labour? Um, so yeah, I was 40 plus three. Um, and it was about half 10 at night and I just got into bed. I'd been having Braxton Hicks for weeks. So I, I wasn't really expecting anything. Um, and then all of a sudden I had a huge contraction, like right in my back. Um, as soon as I tried to like lay down. And then I like, sat up again as it passed. And then my husband was like, are you okay? I was like, I think I've just had a contraction. Um, and then I remember like, I started to cry and he was like, why are you crying? I was like, because if it's not a contraction, I have to be pregnant for another day. <laughs> He's like, you're so ridiculous. <laughs> please. I was like, please let this be a real thing. Um, and then yeah, I started having a few more. And so I said to him, like, it's quite late. You know, it's first baby, you go to sleep. And just, I'm going to go downstairs and bounce my ball for a bit and um, put Gilmore Girls on. That was my friend. I needed to put Gilmore Girls on. Um, Gorgeous. And, and, you know, I had a couple of candles on and everything. And I had, um, the Positive Birth Company has a, an app that times your contractions for you. And it tells you mm-hmm. when you hit like three in ten and it's time to go kind of thing. Um, so I went, I went to sat downstairs and did that. And after about half an hour, the app was like, you you're having like one every couple of minutes I was thinking oh my god this is going too quickly so I, I called the um the birth center and spoke to the midwife that was there and she's like there's no one here like as in like there's no one else giving birth tonight if you mm-hmm. just come whenever you want like we're literally just sitting around so whenever you feel like you need a bit of support just come in come in 
but it was COVID. So she was like, if you come in and you're less than four centimetres, we will have to send you home. And I was like, that's such an arbitrary. <laughs> okay, fine. That's, that's the rule. Um, and so... was your husband allowed with you? Was there any rules on sort of birthing partners at this stage because of COVID? Yeah, it, it was another silly rule where um, if you were like less than five centimetres and you weren't having regular contractions, then they couldn't stay. So you'd have to, you could stay in the birth centre, but you they couldn't stay with you. And so That's when so she said tough. that to me, I thought, I'm just going to stay at home for as long as possible because I don't want to get there and then have to come back or I don't want to get there and then him have to leave. Mm. Like I want him there the whole time. I'm not going to be able to do it on my own. Um, so we waited like another hour and then I went and woke him up and said, it's getting like quite intense now. I think we might have to go. Um, but they'd only been like a couple of hours by this point and I, in my head I was thinking this yeah, is going to be quick. Yeah, I was going to say that must have been really hard to like yeah. judge because... In my labour, I was like, it's going to be 48 hours, yeah, realistically. Days, like, that's what I was telling myself. <laughs> yeah. um, but I was, then it got to like a few hours, and I was like, this is really hard. So it must have been so yeah. hard to judge when it's feeling really intense, but it hadn't been yeah. very long. Exactly, yeah. And I was starting to worry a bit. So I thought, it, I'd rather, if it's going to go quickly, I'd rather just get to the birth centre and have some support. So, And I was mm -hmm. using my TENS machine as well, which was really helping. Um and so yeah, we got we got packed up and got in the car. Oh, actually, before we got in the car, I was sick, which was really bizarre because I, I just like suddenly oh. threw up. And when we got to the hospital, the midwife Did you said feel to me, really nauseous in the yeah, like start all of, of your sudden, labor. And she was like, "It's really common." Mm. And then yeah, I was sick another couple of times during labor as well. Um, yeah, so we got in I the was car. As well. and, yeah, <laughs> I think it's nerves more mm. than anything. It's like oh god, it's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's only like a five, ten minute drive. We had to stop like two or three times for the contractions because I just needed to stand up. I couldn't yeah. sit down, um, which also made me think like we cannot go to Gloucester. Like I cannot sit in the car for half an hour. It's not going to happen. No, and like they cannot send me home either. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing. I'm not getting back in. And then yeah, I'm not doing it. <laughs> um, yeah, so we got there. Um, we went into the into the birthing suite and there was a pool so I was really grateful that that was available because she actually yeah, said there's no one else giving birth tonight so you can have pick of the rooms um and then this was the only bit I felt quite negatively about in the whole experience was the midwife that was there said because I said I want to go in the pool and she said you can't go in the pool until I know how far along you are I need to physically examine you and so she kind of like set a barrier and was and I said can you please turn the pool on and she said I can't I'm not turning it on until I've checked you and like I all my contractions were in my back and so I was really struggling it turned out we found out later that Phoebe was like back to back so back her back, back, was, yeah. on, back was facing my back um which is why all the contractions were in my back it was quite painful um and I didn't mm. want to lie down so she's like you need you need to lie down so I can examine you and then they gave me the gas and air, which made, just made me sick again. So <laughs> I just had to say no to that. Oh, so she had to examine me without gas and air, which was, I, I hated it. And afterwards, yeah. when I was waiting to a hypnobirthing teacher and she's like, they shouldn't have set that barrier. Like you have to consent to a I don't think that's right, no, yeah. Yeah, exactly like if you that. are having regular contractions, like they should have um, just put the pool on and let you go in, mm -hmm. as simple as that. So that was the only thing. that's what you've said about. I want, yeah, um, and if I'd known that, I would have, I think, been a bit more firm about it. Anyway, she checked me, she mm. said it was five centimetres, so she get the pool on. It is hard, because I really wanted to get in the pool, Amazing. so I was like, fine, you can just check me. And yeah, and that was five centimetres. Yeah, so you've got a choice, you feel like. like. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then How I got did you feel about taking your TENS machine Amazing. off to get in the pool? Um, I fi I fine, actually. I left it on until the pool was, like, full. 
and then as soon as she could get in I just whipped it off and went straight in the pool <laughs> and as soon as I got in the pool it was like all my mess all my muscles just melted it was just the best thing it's like yes oh, this is what so I've been waiting good. for this is what I needed you know just to be in a very it was nice and warm not too warm um and because mm. it was all in my back my, my back just felt 100 times better mm. um, yeah I'm I'm surprised because even if the whole of your labor you, you didn't want to get examined you mm. they can't examine you unless you for the whole time Mm. um so that really surprises me that's that's rubbish sorry you had to deal with that I don't know whether it was just the COVID thing like she needed to check how far along I was to let me stay but even so Uh like you can't impose that on people Mm. I don't think even if it's a COVID Mm -mm. thing you can't say we have to check you you before you can stay no and you can try and judge some how far someone along is just by looking Mm. at them and how their contractions are how quick they long Mm. they are and how long there is in between them yeah exactly and they were really regular by this point so yeah I was a bit yeah a bit disappointed but as soon as I got in the pool I kind of forgot about all that it was only afterwards thinking about it that I wish I'd been able to advocate more strongly on that um Mm -hmm. at least I know know for next time (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) um so how did you progress then you're in the pool um yeah what were the next few hours like so I think by now it was maybe like 2am or something um, and then the contractions just carried on for another couple of hours and it, I mean, it was hard work obviously but I used my hypnobirthing breathing exercises and they really got me through it um, and my husband was like on the side of the pool kind of holding onto my arms and he was doing it with me. He, I mean he was incredible all the way through actually. Um, and I think a lot of it was because oh, he'd done so the course. Lovely. So he kind of knew what what each stage was happening and and like what I needed mm-hmm. and what I didn't need. Um, and then I think I had a bit of a wobble. I remember having a bit of a wobble and it was because my body started pushing like naturally. Um, and I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I need some pain relief. And I couldn't have the gas and air because <laughs> it, was made, it made me sick. And the midwife said, if you want, I can give you a pethidine injection but you have to get out of the mm-hmm. pool because it makes you woozy. So you can't stay in the pool. And I was like, I cannot actually physically get out of the pool because I think I'm stuck Yeah, that's not an option either um, then. No, bless you. No. So, um, and then my husband was like, well, I think what's happening is you're just like transitioning. This is what's happening. So you are, your body's pushing and you're having a wobble. He's like, they said this on the course. They said this would happen. I was like, you're right. He said, give it five yeah. minutes and just see how you feel. That's amazing he that just, he said that and he, he knew that. Me, it's not that he like talked me out of it. He just kind of said like, just have five more minutes and then just see if you actually, if you feel any better. And he was right. A few minutes later, yeah. I was fine again. It was just the initial, like, I don't, like what's happening feels incredibly intense and I can't deal with it. But mm. after having like a couple more contractions where it was like that, I, then I was actually fine. Um, yeah. yeah. So. I feel like it's a new phase. Like you're so used to the contractions, you're managing them. And then you mm. think, actually, now I've got to push a baby out of my vagina. Like, how the hell am I going to do that? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, it's coming out now. <laughs> I can't do anything. Um, I was exactly the same. I was like, I'm going to need an epidural for this part. And they were like, yeah. <laughs> you're not going yeah, to Yeah, at this that. point, I was like, I can completely understand why people have epidurals. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> why am I doing this myself? <laughs> um, yeah, and so I think that went on for, like, quite a while, actually, it, I, I, it wasn't really like she was ready to come out. It was more that she was moving down. Um, mm-hmm. And so that took about an hour, I think. Um, and then the midwife, it was a different midwife started. She arrived and she was lovely. Like she was so nice. And she came over and like checked Phoebe's heartbeat and everything. She went, she's fine. Like, just keep going. You're doing really well. Um, 
and then she just kind of encouraged me to move a little bit into a different position because I was kind of like mm-hmm. on all fours but had my arms on the side of the pool um and so she was like you need just try and open your hips up a little bit more and give give your baby a bit more movement so a bit more space so I, I tried that and then immediately she started to move down much more quickly um and so then at the start my body just started naturally pushing um a bit more and a bit more and then a head came out and then the next wow. and they were laughing at me because I was like come on next contraction I need the next contraction get this baby out and they were all just laughing at me and like you, no one ever wants or was it just completely involuntary um for the most part it was involuntary I think the last one when her body came out I definitely pushed them because I was like I just need wow. to get this over How with amazing yeah it was amazing I did feel I felt incredible afterwards I was like I can't believe I actually yeah. did that yeah it was amazing um, and yeah, then she came out and I, I pulled her out of the water um, and picked her up. So, and she was like a little bit dazed and she didn't really make a noise for about the longest minute ever. And then she started crying. <laughs> I think she was a little bit in shock when she came out. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. Oh my goodness. And what what time was that? Um, I think about half six. So it, it'd been, I'd been in the pool for maybe oh like three or four gosh. hours, yeah. And then it was like the last half an hour was quite intense, very intense. Um, and it was only, literally only when the midwives birth. Yes, that was my like first choice. So I'd written my birth plan, which had several scenarios with a bit of a control freak. So I needed to have control of every situation. So I had like, my ideal is, is a water birth. Um, and I didn't want pain relief unless I asked for it. I didn't want them to be offering it to me. I wanted to try and like, oh, mm-hmm. gas and air I was open to but then I didn't know I was going to be sick so um yeah that wasn't a plan to not have gas and air um and then like the next one was like if the pool isn't available but I'm still at the birth center then this is the plan I want and then it kind of went from there you know if you're in a labor ward if you end up needing the c-section mm-hmm. it's not an emergency like these are the preferences I have for each one so I felt like very in control <laughs> um, yeah but that all came from the hypnobirthing, right? Like that's that's what they teach you is amazing. To it's so have good. a plan for all of the different options that come up. Um, it's not just breathing exercises. So, um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I did I did get the birth oh, choice, magic. which is great. Yeah, I bet you felt absolutely on top of the world. Yeah, I really did. Um, the only the only downside I did have a tear. It was a second degree tear. And I think that was probably because I did a big push at the end. And I, th- mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I shouldn't have done that. I probably should have like waited and just let her come out by herself. So I had to have that stitched up, which actually was the bit I was dreading the most, weirdly. I was like, that's obviously that's going to be horrible. <laughs> yeah. But it was it was actually fine because because of the nausea had gone. I had the gas and air for that and it was fine. So I was Brilliant. able to have gas and air for that bit. So I didn't really feel anything, to be honest. Um, and yeah. um, were you in the pool for a while with Phoebe or did you sort of get out straight away to birth the placenta? So um, I gave Phoebe, gave Phoebe to the mid- midwife and um, she gave Phoebe to Chris and he did skin to skin with her. And I was in the pool for a few minutes and they said, you know, do you want to birth the placenta in here or would you like to get out? And I was like starting to shake at this point. I think it was like all the adrenaline. So I said, yeah. I, think I want to get out. So they had to help me out because my legs were just jelly. Like I was completely shot. Jelly, yeah, of um, course. Yeah. <laughs> so they helped me out onto the bed. And um, my plan was just to kind of do it naturally. But after a few minutes, I really just wanted to hold Phoebe and just start to enjoy all of that. So they said, if you want, you can mm-hmm. just have the injection. We'll just get it done. I was like, just give me the injection. So yeah. they gave me the injection. And then I went on the on the birthing stool and just sat on that. And then it just came out. 
Oh, that was amazing. a very unusual feeling. Just <laughs> um, like slides out, it just, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it, just, so weird. it just came out. I was like, oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> Know, yeah, then it was, was like, oh, it's just like done. in a little mm-hmm. like bucket on the floor for yeah. a while, and we could just see it. And we were like, this is so strange. <laughs> yeah, and the midwife's like, do you want to see it? I was like, no, it's fine actually. You can just take that away. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> and then did you, they bring Phoebe back to you? Yeah. So then um, once they'd done that, they brought her back, um, and I did the first feed with her. So I was, I was breastfed her. Um, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. We just had a go. Had you always planned um, to breastfeed? Yes, I always wanted to give it a go. I was, I always said I wasn't going to put any pressure on myself, but then immediately did. Obviously, um, like the mum guilt kicked in after about two minutes. I think I was like, I have to do this. Like, but she clearly wants to be fed. Like, I have to do this. Um, and so yeah, I did. I did manage to feed her. Um, I think we fed. I think I fed her maybe two or three times before we went home. I think they, they said we couldn't leave until she'd had two or three feeds so they wanted to check that she was actually feeding properly yeah wow so did you leave the same day or did you stay for another night yeah we we left um that afternoon because i had her at yeah 6 30 and they said you have to stay for five to six hours um and then as long as she's had two to three feeds then you can go if you want to and we were just really desperate to get home and i think in hindsight we probably should have stayed another night because like we got mm-hmm. home, we had no idea what we were doing with this baby. Um, and mm-hmm. although I had fed Phoebe a couple of times, she wasn't latching properly. And I didn't know that because I had no idea how to breastfeed. Mm-hmm. Um, so she she was latching, but her mouth like wasn't wide open wide enough. So she did quite a lot of damage to my nipples that I yeah. wasn't aware of for a couple of days. <laughs> um, and so then breastfeeding became really painful. And I think had we stayed maybe for another day, I would have had a lot more one-to-one support with the midwives to kind of get that mm-hmm. going properly and I maybe wouldn't have had that damage. So, yeah, it, it's one of those things in hindsight we probably should have stayed for a night, but we were just, we just wanted to get home, desperate to get home. And how how did you find those first few weeks at home? How was your stitches? Did they all recover okay? Um, and how did you find everything? I, I suppose, did, could your family even come and see you because of COVID? Uh, yeah, they could come and see us, but they couldn't stay. It's one of those silly rules where they wouldn't have to stay over. So the people were coming down for the day. Um, my stitches healed fine, I think. Um, it was one of those other bad things about COVID is I never got a check um, afterwards. Oh. Yeah, so the midwives came around, but they were like, we'll we'll check you, you know, at the end of your midwife care. But they didn't. Um, and then when I had my six-week checkup with the GP, that was on the phone. So he didn't check them either. Oh, um, but they said as long as you don't have any pain, then it's probably fine. <laughs> but I, you know, I wish I had got them checked. I went, I went and had yeah, a smear course. like a few months later, and the nurse was like, "It looks fine, don't worry." So okay, good. I, I mentioned it to her when I had my smear test. I was like, "Can you just can you tell me if everything looks okay down there?" She's like, "It's fine." Mm. So, but you know, it yeah. could not have been. So it was just one of those it could have been things infected to do with or COVID. anything. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Um, so yeah, that was that was all fine. Um, and yeah, we did have visitors. After a few days, we had visitors, and they just yeah, they just came down for the day because they couldn't stay. Um, yeah, but yeah, the, the first. And how few did your breastfeeding progress? It was hard work. Um, it took maybe six weeks before we really got the hang of it. Um, my midwife, mm-hmm. who had had all the way through, she was amazing. She came and saw me three or four times after I'd had Phoebe and it took her a while to get back to her birth weight, birth weight I think because she wasn't feeding very well um, and so we had midwife care for like three and a half weeks after she was born um, 
and then that was another thing I felt guilty about for no reason because they put like a two week thing on it and say they have two weeks to get back to their birth weight but that's just completely arbitrary <laughs> it's mm. not really it's not really a real thing no ba- um, babies aren't linear no <laughs> no and they're all different sizes and different weights and, and everything so yeah another thing to be guilty about um she was great and said you know like if you need to have a break like you, you can give her a bottle and it's not going to cause Absolutely. any issues like one bottle a day is not going to stop her from breastfeeding um mm. and so we did do that like chris gave her one bottle a day, a day well a night you did it at night and that meant i could sleep a bit as well and my nipples got a bit of a break and they did recover mm-hmm. and we just had to really work at it so after about six weeks i kind of felt like like we've got the hang of this now she's feeding really well uh, but we still carried on giving her one bottle every night um, so that I could sleep, <laughs> which was nice. Yeah, I um, think breastfeeding is the hardest, hardest part. I tried so hard with it, but um, yeah, I, I think because I struggle so much without sleep, the fact mm. that I was the only one that could feed her through the night mm. was just so, so difficult. So my partner also gave Bonnie a bottle through the night so that I could get more than two or three hours sleep at a time because otherwise I just yeah. struggled so much. Yeah, I really, really struggled with the sleep deprivation and the stress of trying to feed at the same time. So I'm so tired, like this hurts mm. and she's not doing it properly. It's not her fault. Like it, a Breastfeeding is a skill, like it's something that both the baby and you have to, you have to learn, learn how to do. Absolutely, it's not, yeah. it's not as easy as just popping them on, which you think it's going to be. Um, so yeah yeah it took us it did take us quite a long time and i i did use uh there's the breastfeeding network it's a charity i mm-hmm. spoke to them quite a lot on the phone and they gave me loads of great advice because this is another downside to covid like none of the health visitor appointments were in person like we never got to really see anyone um so, so they gave tough, me loads of advice especially with breastfeeding yeah exactly um so it, yeah it did take a long time and then we did get the hang of it eventually um, Amazing yeah, that you've been out. Well done, you. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah, like it was hard. Like I said, I think we managed maybe nine or ten months, and then she just kind of weaned herself naturally. She was much more interested in food, so she just stopped yeah. asking for it in the day, and oh, she wasn't amazing. feeding at night. So it just felt like the right time to just stop, um, which was good for both of us, I think. So good. And when did you end up finding a sleep consultant then? Um, I think it's when Phoebe was about six months old. So she slept really well as a newborn, um, which is a bit of a myth. Most newborns don't. So she was, yeah, an anomaly in that sense. She didn't, we had to wake her up to feed her because she would sleep so much at night and she was missing feeds. So yeah, we had to wake her up and she slept really well. And by the time she was like 10 weeks old, she'd stopped waking completely for feeds at night, um, which was fine. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like the... The doctor said, like, if she's if she's gaining weight, which she is, then she's fine just to sleep, just let mm-hmm. sleep. And then around six months, she stopped sleeping. <laughs> and yeah. she was just, like, up all night. She didn't want to go to bed. Like, we would, uh, we tried doing a dream feed. She was always up from 4 a.m. And it was just a nightmare, and it was really unmanageable. Oh, my goodness. So I just yeah. reached out to one for some advice. She didn't, like, work this long term. She just gave us, like, a one-off thing. Um, and she was so helpful and she helped us kind of put together a bit of a routine for Phoebe because she was just sleeping too much in the day. So she just said, like, here's okay. a routine, like, kind of edit it to suit Phoebe's needs. And then within a few days, she was sleeping again through the night. So that's all it was, really. She was just sleeping too much in the day, so she was up to party all night. Um, yeah, so... And then we became really good friends, and then I became a sleep consultant. <laughs> oh, that is so nice how that's all worked out for you. Yeah. 
So good. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I think I love hearing um, anyone that's done hypnobirthing because, yeah, I I did the same and I absolutely loved it and it, it gave me such a positive experience. I think it's yeah great to shout about it and I'll make sure I leave all the links to the hypnobirthing courses that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I, I agree with you about hypnobirthing is amazing and just education about birth in general is amazing. I think... Mm-hmm women that are able to just go in and surrender to the process are incredible because I can't do that. I have to know everything that's going on. I have to understand what's happening with my body completely. So yeah, if you are able to do one, I would definitely recommend doing one. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for your time. I've loved having a chat. Well, thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We will see you next week. Bye.